for low? Is it always about the money? Is there anything else? I mean, how much sex can you have? I don't know. I haven't maxed out yet. Exterminate. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Wrong! Saturday night. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. It's the November 27, 2010 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51 from the tile and grouting department of the Area 51 Home Depot, fixing a hole where the rain gets in and still suffering from dreaded tryptophan poisoning, I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight from the Austin Brighton Hellmouth, our technical wizard and three-time winner of the Texas Hold'em Area 51 Kitty Poker Tournament, From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, a man whose newest work, A Complete History of the Marvel Swimsuit Issue, is hoping to be out for next Christmas, Illustrator. (laughs) Gobbles! And his reanimated (laughs) Princess of the Damned, the woman who believes wearing a radiation suit during a Stage 9 nuclear event is just being wimpy. It's the dead redhead. Good evening, everyone. From Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, our Midwest Crop Circle investigator, part-time PG, the young man who faces danger every single day simply by saying the word Shazam, and then blows it by saying Sergeant Carter afterwards. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Awake by Java. Minty Fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Our guest tonight is joining us uh, throughout the show and uh, talking about their new game, Atraxian, from Runaway Creations, Dave Sanders and John Tallarico. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Very good. Great. Thank you for having us. Well, you haven't been had yet, but you will be before that. <laughs> <laughs> we will, in fact, have our way with you by the time the night is over. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what we do around here. Depending you know, on which one of us it is, you may or may not enjoy it. You, well, you know, once you're under of, the dome, you're careful, never over the dome. Careful, careful. <laughs> You know what's amazing? It's something that the people uh, listening to the talk cast never actually hear. It's right before we're ready to start. Listening to Kriana go, okay, everybody, shut up. (laughs) That's always so cool. (laughs) Okay, you know what? Everybody be quiet just doesn't work anymore. (laughs) I get the... (laughs) Everybody be quiet. And you know what? Just shut up. I'm trying to start the damn show. (laughs) Christ, I don't think it's too much to ask. You know, from now on, I think that's what we need to start the show with. Okay, everybody, shut up! And then just start the thing. <laughs> I sense shut a soundboard. Yeah, no kidding. I think we ought to just pull it off somewhere and just pop it right in. Okay, uh, it's been a jam-packed full week of sci-fi goodness with a rich, creamy nougat center. Uh, and I'm going to start. Okay. And I... And I am going to start with talking about, uh, whoo, Mind's Eye. We had, we had the guys from Mind's Eye on last week uh, talking about their new web series and uh, from Sin Studios, and it debuted last night. And yep. it was awesome. 
it was really good. I mean, uh, amazingly, amazingly good. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the writing was great. I'm in, intrigued about the story. The special effects were amazing. Some of the best I've seen in a web series. Um, you know, th- there's some really good stuff happening there. Absolutely. I can't wait for the next installment. Yeah. Honest to God, Job, I, th- I think you're really doing it disservice by saying the best I've seen in a web series. I mean, there are a lot of shows that have had cheesier effects than this show had. That's true. Um, case yes. in point, Merlin, which I'm waiting to watch the latest episode. <laughs> oh, that's show. Oh. Shut up, everyone. I, I love no. the show, but God, the, the, the special effects just suck. You, you know what I else? I don't like the show and the special effects suck. <laughs> okay, well. You know what else? I really well, just have my... to say that you're wrong. <laughs> well, they don't necessarily have to be wrong. It's simply my opinion, and my opinion's better than yours. Whoa. <laughs> The thing that I really, really caught me about the mind's eye was that, among other things, what happens is, in a lot, oh, careful, <laughs> in a lot of web series, you sit there and you go, "We're really going to have to forgive them for this. We're really going to have to forgive them for that," you know, because we really want to enjoy what it is that they've done without picking apart what they didn't get done or what didn't go well. In this case didn't happen a hell of a lot, if at all. You know, I mean, kids may not be the best actors in the world, but props to uh, that young girl at the end of the show. Yeah, she was awesome. Really carried it nicely. Of course, my last thought was, hey, I didn't know the guy from 664 was going to be on this. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) If you've never seen 664, The Neighbor of the Beast... Go Google it right now. Well, you should see it. Yes, you should see it. It is fabulous. Yes. But so is Mind's Eye, and kudos to Thomas Gofton and the rest of the sales crew. I mean, that, those are some great production values. And, and like I was saying before the show, it rem- the opening credits alone reminded me of a good Hammer film. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in for a treat. Yeah, I thought I was watching, um, you know, Bridge to Terabithi or something. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Except for good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey. What? Wow. So, okay, hammer. just the opening credits. Just the opening credits. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, Thomas, if you're listening, you know, you did good. We'd love Rock to have you on the show again in the near future, man. Congratulations on a, on a great show. Our yeah. excitement Absolutely. at Wizard World was not even close to unjustified. Absolutely not. It was uh, this. This has all the potential of being one of those really, really crave-worthy good shows uh, on the net. Uh, it's something that probably should go further than that. I am really excited to see what episode two looks like. And three. And seventeen. Well, I was going to say it's always good to see something original, anyways, instead of a reboot. Well, yeah, and which yeah. brings us to our, our next gem o magic for the week, the Buffy reboot that's yeah, going well, to happen. Oh, oh, there's going to be a Buffy reboot? Well, the first I heard about it being in actuality was checking out uh, both uh, Amber Benson and Eliza Dish Twitter, and Eliza, Eliza was Dish? not. Eliza Dish, Eliza Dish, 
careful. Does it Twitter? She she does Twitter. We did Twitter, and she she got very very upset about it, and frankly, so did Amber. And then I replied to both of them by saying, "This may be the best thing that ever happened." No. And I, and I am prepared to be flamed for saying it. You should. No, but here's Explain. why. Here's why. Joss Whedon has been known as the iconoclast for too long. The guy who makes stuff so good that it never really gets to the mass audience because it's just too good for them. And frankly, I think that's bullshit. I think he's been basically buried by Fox or Fox Studios or, or the major studios and just has never really had the chance to do the things he's, he's wanted to do since the original Buffy and Angel. So for the studios to decide, we're going to reboot this and we're going to leave Joss out of it and we're going to leave Sarah Michelle Geller out of it and we're going to leave the Scooby crew out of it. This thing is doomed to effing fail. Yes, it is. And therefore, it will probably be the best thing that ever happened for Joss Whedon. Because <laughs> unless, unless it actually gets picked up by Fox, in which case it would guarantee five seasons. And <laughs> Smallville. And, uh, they, they probably just like, we got this idea. Laverne and Buffy. No, we got this great idea. No. First the human market at eight, Buffy at nine. Oh, oh my god. Weird. Human Target's yeah. awesome. No, the Human Target sucks. It's awesome! If okay. you don't care whatever the hell the comics were, which I don't, because I never read them and I never will, it's an awesome show, all by itself. Wow, I can't believe you like Smallville that much. Not Smallville, <laughs> Human Target. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. did send in her $5 to the Chi McBride fan club, however. <laughs> I believe it's Shy McBride. Oh my god! What if the new Buffy reboot has another <laughs> no, <no>, no. <laughs> <laughs> He could be Giles. Wouldn't he make Giles? Oh my gosh. Oh my. No, he'll be Dawn. I have a great idea. I have a great idea for the post for next week. Okay. Recast Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh! Teen queens and kings, I dare you. I dare you, the listener, to post a recasting of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, including the writer. The gauntlet has been set down, listeners. <laughs> and, and after, Buffy, after the, the Buffy reboot has been, um, has been done, um, you're going to have to find someone to talk to your kids about Buffy. The same way that parents now have to talk to their kids about Star Wars. Explain what you mean by that, my okay, friend. So <laughs> earlier this week, the Asylum.com posted this public service announcement, how to talk to your kids about Star Wars. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's been making the rounds. Um, it's basically, uh, the idea is, you know, a public service announcement explaining to your kids about uh, the difference between a good trilogy and an uh-oh trilogy. And, you know, to t how, how do you discuss Jar Jar Binks, you know? And the question wow. of, of Darth Vader being Luke's father, how do you do that? 
So it, it was just a really humorous look at um, geek parents, and uh, <laughs> uh, I recommend you check it out. The link will be in the show notes. Well, what's, nice. what was even as interesting as that was that the original Darth Vader costume uh, went went to auction this week. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and and it couldn't even make minimum bid. What, what was the what was the minimum well, bid on the it? The minimum you know? bid was twenty thousand pounds, right? Something like that, and it only five hundred thousand. It didn't even make uh, half that. However, uh, one of Sean Connery's guns from one of the uh, James Bond movies actually went for ten times what they thought it would. Yeah, it went for almost half a million dollars. You know, the power it was the of the one dark from, side uh, from Russia with love. Yeah, the power of the dark side is nothing compared against a good firearm. <laughs> Evidently. As Han Solo said in the original Star Wars. I don't know. That was it was the it was the costume from Empire Strikes Back, wasn't it? See, I don't know. I don't know why anyone wouldn't want that. But. Yeah. Well, isn't that supposedly the best one of the Star Wars movies, according to everyone except me? Yeah, but That's you cool. like Smallville, so shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, until Smallville goes off the air, you have no effing credibility whatsoever when it comes to saying, this is a good TV show. Sorry. Hey, you know never, what, be nice I to him, his mom is listening. <laughs> no, really, she is. No, wait a minute. Hi, Ellen, you're in the chat room, I see you. Ellen, you know that we love you. And we know that you don't like Smallville either, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, well, you know what? There's a good segue, because if if my mother is actually tuning in tonight, we have some deals on our on our uh, website right now, including a good game for our four-year-old niece. And who wants to talk about those deals up right now? Dome does. I do? Yeah. You do. You've been waiting like crazy to talk about this. In that case, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. On our website, uh, on the uh, far right column of the homepage, we have our deal segment in which you have four different deals that you can look at for things that will make great holiday gifts. Browncoats Redemption, you can buy their DVD until December 17th and get a $4 discount by using the code SFSN2010 and clicking on the link that we've provided for you there. The second deal that we have is uh, Hunter Lagore's Last Man Anthology. By using the code Atlantis1, you'll get $3 off the price of that hardcover book. Now, <laughs> Tracy Hickman came to us this morning and well, said... no, we, we kind of went to him because I received a very special package today. Would that be award-winning yes. author Tracy Hickman of the Dragonlance Chronicles and a million other sci-fi series? You know him. Good job. Yeah, anyway. And Tracy what does it say? Let anyway, us know. Anyway, that... I received a very special package. If you remember from past shows, um, we talked to Tracy about his Eventide project, which was released yes. incrementally on the web. And then was going to be sent out as a print book to all the people who bought a subscription 
to read it online. So those print books came in today. I got one for, one for us to review, read one for me to keep. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm keeping it. Y'all get your paws off it. And uh, one, one for us to give away on our show sometime in the future, possibly next week. Stay tuned. Um, if it doesn't get stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> doesn't go in and it's punch in her in the head together. It's in the hellmouth, so you can try. But what this book like? is, like, the prettiest book on the face of the planet. Like, I, I'm going to take pictures of it later, maybe tomorrow, because it's just so pretty. I don't even know how to describe it, other than the fact that it has a beautiful slipcover that's printed to look like leather. Under the slipcover, it's green with gold writing. Inside, there's a ribbon bookmark attached into the binding. There's recipes at the end of the book. The fonts are gorgeous. The printing is beautiful. The typesetting is beautiful. There's illustration, and it's just so pretty. And it is also, uh, is it not signed by Tracy? Oh, yeah, duh. Of course it is. <laughs> wow. Tracy and Laura Hickman. Also numbered. Now, Laura did the graphics for it. Mm -hmm. and if you want a copy of this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous piece of work, and you don't want to pay full price for it, if you go to Sci-Fi Saturday Night and click on the link there and use the code SCI-FI-ELF, you'll get $5 off any of the gift sets or the new subscription for Blackshore. Which is the second book of the trilogy. So now, we already own Eventide, but are thinking about, you know, purchasing the next subscription to the next book. This, will, this he said, will be the very lowest price that you could ever buy it for. And you're going to get $5 off to boot. Now, isn't there also something from uh, the Hickmans there for the kids as well? Oh, there is. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. There is. It's called Santa Sleigh Ride Board Game. It is the only Canadian Christmas board game ever <laughs> produced. <laughs> and it's something that Mr. Hickman put together. It's it's their no, own I, game. I think Laura actually put it together. Did Laura put it together? I, it, I, I think so. It's the cutest damn thing I have ever seen in my life. And you get a dollar off the board game price. Cuter by than you. me? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, any, no problem whatsoever. There are two different ways you can get the game. You can get a digital download of it for, I think it's $80. And the, uh, the full color board signed by both of them is $18. And there's a dollar off if you use, if you <laughs> click through that link and use the code SciFiElf. That's, us. That's a pretty good really price old. for a board game nowadays. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, check them out. Uh, it's always good when you can do a little merch with some of the people who have been on our show who work hard to be uh, good global citizens here and work with you. Lord knows that uh, they've been working hard uh, with Dragon's Bard. To do something incredibly cool. Well, here's the real question right, here, right now. Ugh, okay. Who buys this trash? Idiots who <laughs> need gifts for other idiots. Hey, I got you guys refrigerator magnets.
That's right. That's what people <laughs> usually get. Don't so instead like of refrigerator, nice. instead of refrigerator magnets, Santa's sleigh ride board game. That's I'm right. telling you, it's pretty right. damn cool. And we were totally not even paid to say it. No, we weren't. In fact, Although I went we out. wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Kriana got a book. I've got two of the books. Well, well, only one. One is for me to give away. I won't. I won't even fondle it very much. <laughs> well, when uh, if you're looking for other games aside from Santa's Sleigh Ride, which you've probably already purchased by now, um, there is an upcoming game which you sh- you might want to check out. Um, Telltale Games, the the people who have made a variety of other games, uh, I think most um, notably the uh, um, crud. Anyway, they are making a new game. I know that game. I know that that game called Crud. No, um, (laughs) with a name like Crud, it's got to be great. They they do the Tales of Monkey Island, the the latest installment. Oh, right, right. Um, That's what I was thinking of because this looks a lot like it. They're they're coming up with a new video game based on Back to the Future, and it's officially licensed and all that. So they don't even have to say, you know, Barty McBly. Uh, so, <laughs> it, 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 so they could be funnier. <laughs> it looks fantastic. It's a uh, it's 3D animated like uh, like a Pixar movie. Um, the, I saw the concept art for it a while back, but um, seeing the actual screenshots, which is uh, what's up on the link in our uh, post, is pretty cool because some of these some of these things uh, they, they look like the classic scenes from. Um, from the movies. Not only that, but they've got original voice actors. They've got um, Christopher Lloyd playing Doc Brown. Um, Marty McFly is going to be um, voiced by a guy named AJ Locus Casio. Casio? I don't know. Um, but a- actually, the game takes place six months after the end of Back to the Future 3. So it's uh, something new and uh, looks pretty neat. Check it out. Yo, X. Yo. What's new with Boston Comic-Con this week? Oh, today the tickets went on sale. Ladies and gentlemen, Boston Comic-Con 2011, get your tickets now before they sell out. Because if you you were at Boston Comic-Con 2010, you remember the crowds that were so long. The lines were so long, the crowd so dense that the police had to turn people away at the door. True. The lines went around the building. And people you were know. standing there all day and never got in. Yes. It's true. So get your tickets now. Get them early. Get them, get them while they're hot because it's a, it's a hell of a guest list this year, too. Um, we are looking at people like Frank Quitely, who, I mean, only leaves Scotland once a fortnight to forage for human flesh. <laughs> we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got, um, you know, we've got amazing good girl artists. We've got Adam Hughes and Frank Cho Woo-hoo! in the same place at the same time. Darwin, who did uh, DC's New Frontier. Tim Sale, who's been on the show before. Matt Wagner, Art Adams, who I cannot believe we're getting Art Adams. Tony Harris, who worked on Ex Machina and Starman, J.G. Jones. Love Tony Harris. The legendary artist, Gon Wilson, Gon, however you say it, Wilson. He's worked for Playboy, The New Yorker, The National Lampoon. 
Uh, David Mack will be there. Yay, David Mack, friend of the show. Stan Sakai, who arguably is the best artist of all time for Samurai Rabbits. <laughs> Mark Chiarello. And um, not only that, the DC, uh, DC Comics will once again be doing portfolio reviews. So, so all you they, upcoming artists. So if they want to look up this information, they can find it at? BostonComicCon.com. The link will be on the website after the show. Yep. And Actually, the link is already on the, the website. The link has already been. And you know why? Because we are the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con. Well, so looking forward to Also, Artist Alley and vendor yeah. registration is open as well. So, And they had some great people in Artist Alley last time. They had oh, that guy who did those beautiful Asian prints. I can't remember his name. You, you know, guys, that guy. Yeah. yeah. And he did that <laughs> they stuff. They were gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> they were absolutely gorgeous. Could be talking about uh -huh. anyone. But, well, I mean, Artist Sally, that's where we had Tracy Lee Quinn. We had Sarah Richard. We have, I mean, part of the joy of a, com a good comic book show is you get to discover new talent alongside legends. We also had Ben Templesmith. <laughs> that's right. He was yes. an Artist Alley. Holy crap. Sitting right next to somebody who's, you mm. know, may have only been in the business for five years. No, he was sitting next to the Underburbs. Exactly. Oh, that's my right. point. <laughs> we love the Underburbs. Yeah. But Did I mean, this. Robo guys. Scott oh yeah. Scott so, so yes, we will definitely be there again this year, and we hope to see you all there. Triana, four down, four down, two to go till season two. Walking How down. good is this show? Awesome. Okay, so <laughs> I finally, I finally sat down and watched it as um, I'm doing some reviews for Lost Man. Traitor. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Conflict of interest. For a sci-fi website, there's some crossover. Deal with it. Um, you the, can always but, repost them. I know. Uh, and I will have a post up on Walking Dead from a different perspective in a little bit on our blog. But, um, oh gosh, this is such a great show. I was getting so tired of zombies. Not as tired as I am of vampires, but I was getting so tired of zombies. Zombies and vampires and werewolves, so my. Take How the hell are all the mummies? Well, yeah, we, we had the mummy, and the mummy returns, and what was the last one, Queen of the Damned? No, my mummy, oh, the car. Oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> no, it's the one in China, uh, or, or, I don't remember where it was. It yeah, was they anyway. went for the Chinese figures. Anyway, um, but this is such a good show. Oh, I'm so excited. Hey, I can't you, wait to see the next one. Look, you know, we're sitting here, and the, a zombie show is probably the best thing on TV right now. Uh, a, I don't know. Psych is on again. Yeah. Right. Okay, fine. It's not Anarchy is still on. A vampire, a vampire film is one of the funniest films of December. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are undead. Oh, I thought you were going to say there's a new Twilight movie. <laughs> well, no, that, that's, that's just puke-worthy yeah. at this point. Do you think they're going to do a crossover and we'll get sparkly zombies? Oh. With bad hair? Absolutely. <laughs> and we'll call it Smallville. Like, don't be the goth kids. <laughs> it is, it, it's a pretty wild time in, in television and movies, though. I mean, to, to think that this kind of 
stuff is the, is the mainstream. But I don't know. That doesn't stop some of it from being horrible. No, and but so you know, much of it is not horrible. Big Bang I think, Theory. I think that the problem is the problem comes in when the assumption by studios is that because it's zombie, because it's vampire, it's automatically going to be uh, good. Or you know, or I think it's probably more likely they think that it's just going to be a moneymaker, which it is. So I don't know. I, I, I think I, it's going to be a moneymaker without bothering to put stories or good acting with it, which is not the case. It should be good, which is the case for Walking Dead, because it is a good story, and it is good acting, and it's great directing. And, you know, I'm very pleased to see that it's it's gone completely off comic at this point. It really has. But that's okay. Yeah. Oh, no problem with that. I was actually kind of worried that I was like, oh, man, I'm going to just know what's coming. I have no idea what's coming now. And it's okay. But but the best part of Walking Dead at this point (laughs) is that AMC... Is backed off and let the director do what he wants to do. Yep. Yes. Yes. If you want I a mean, weekly antidote to joy, you got it. No, is no longer on the air. <laughs> no, but we can look forward to uh, to uh, you know Battlestar Galactical Young Adama. Yeah, yeah, we can uh, sure look forward to that. <laughs> All right, I, I have something that's bound to brighten up your day because it sure brightened up mine. Um, every once in a while, somebody sees something or mentions something in a blog that I've never heard of or never seen before, and I go and check it out, and I am like incredibly pleasantly surprised. I, I found uh, an article about this blog called The Adventures of a Superhero Girl by Faith Erin Hicks. And Faith Erin Hicks has been around, I guess, for a while. She's got quite a body of work. She's done three or four graphic novels. She's got a great uh, art collection on DeviantArt. Uh, She's done two or three different blog comics. But this new one, Adventures of a Superhero Girl, is just so damn cute and funny and different and fun to read. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, here's here's just a little clue as to how how different it is. At the bottom of the page, there's a copyright line, and the line is: "All artwork is copyright Faith Aaron Hicks. Do not steal, trace, or repost without permission. If you steal." And tracing is stealing. You will have your nose pecked off by a duck. <laughs> so there. Oh. That would be painful. That would be damn painful. My nose has been pecked <laughs> off by a duck. Oh, I rue the day that I learned about ducks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's great. I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't checked out her work, so I'm going to definitely have to do that. Please do. And, and I would encourage... Uh, Anybody who, who's out there and looking for something new, something fresh, something just relaxing, fun, very artfully well-crafted, and, and wittily scripted, Adventures of Superhero Girl by Faith Aaron Hicks. Check it out if you get a chance. Kriana, time to spin the wheel of fish!
The Wheel of Fish winner tonight for last week gets a Mind's Eye t-shirt, and that winner, based on the random number generator, is Liz J. Liz, you'll be getting an email later on this evening or tomorrow, depending on how lazy I am, asking you to give us your address so that we can send it to Canada and let the Canadian officials know that you're getting an illegal T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to get... <laughs> I've stunned everybody. I love it. <laughs> And if you want to get your own sci-fi Saturday night contraband, just comment on tonight's post once it's up on it should be momentarily after the show's over. We encourage people from all over the world to do that. It doesn't Absolutely. decrease your chances as far as you know. Yes. <laughs> doesn't have to be a nice comment, just to be a comment. And this week you could win a copy of Tracy Hickman's. Okay, you know. actually, I have no, to no, be no, no, reasonably no. sure you're not a spam bot. So if your comment is about Viagra or how I could save money on my washer, it's probably not going to be you. No, no, this week you can win a free download of Attraction. Attraction. Oh, that's right. Attraction. Wait, You'll say okay, it right one of these days. No. How, how's the right way to say it? Attraction. Okay. Attraction. Oh, wait, no, who is, who, who is that who knows how to pronounce it correctly? This is Dave. <laughs> Get out of here. That would be Dave Sanders of Runaway Creations. Okay, you already introduced him. You don't have to, like, be surprised. Oh, well, I just, I, I wanted to feign being stunned. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is the voice That's of so God. Well. <laughs> and somewhere down there is John Tallarico as well. I'm in the basement. Ah, okay, cool. Java. Hey. The show is yours. <laughs> All right, well, um... Our, our guests tonight are John and Dave from Runaway Creations, a new uh, company that's uh, specializing in games for the iPhone, iPhone Touch, and other systems, hopefully soon. Um, and the first Someday, game, yep. Android, Android, Android. Uh, and their first game, uh, which was released uh, not too long ago, was Attraction. And uh, why don't you guys explain a little bit about the game and? Um, a little bit about the company that created it. Okay. Um, Attraction is our first title. Like you said, our name is like you said, our, our name is Runaway Creations, and and uh, you can find out more about our company at runawaycreations.com. And if you're confused at all by what I'm talking about with the game, you can go to runawaycreations.com/attraction. And this is where uh, picking the wrong name uh, uh, gets you in the uh, app business. It's, it's hard to describe Attraction, the game and have people actually be able to find it without understanding how to spell it. Because we spell it A-T-T-R-A-X-X-I-O-N. Which is why um, I kept pronouncing it wrong. You can't pronounce it, and we've learned our lesson now about using words that other, uh, other people know the spelling of and, and changing up the spelling, because it's really hard to tell you by word of mouth um, what the game's name is. But anyway, what we are is a, we are a, uh, a physics puzzler, is what we call ourselves. So... We kind of lump ourselves in with the birds, um, the ragdoll uh, physics games, and those types of things. But what attraction is is instead of you know shooting birds, we you're you're actually in space and you're on missions to form star systems um, the way that your uh, alien makers have told you you need to make them. So we do this with firing off gas and ice and iron and those types of things into orbits. 
around star systems or around black holes or into other, you know, into the playing field. And you have to, you know, complete the missions by uh, getting all your planets and everything in the order, in, in the right, you know, order and in the right space. Um, and then as you go through the game, you'll learn there's other, you know, there's boss battles in the game. So you get to fight against, um, my favorite is Dr. Crazy, who is, uh, may or may not loosely be off of um, the doctor from uh, the black hole. Uh, we brought him in and kind of show what happened after the black hole with him. Uh, we also have, in, a, in an upcoming version, there may even be space goats to fight. So you can kind of get an idea of what kind of, uh, you know, we, we try to put some humor into the game. You, you're, you're, you're playing, you're playing a robot who's in hands, and she wakes up having any memory of what she's supposed to do. But her uh, compadre on the ship is called Pats, and he's the guy who's supposed to drive you around and give you your, your things. And they have a kind of a hate-hate relationship um, that you get to explore as you play the game. And he, you know, he walks you through what you need to do. And it's we we. We really tried to pour into the game than just having birds throwing at you know pigs. We tried to give a little bit of background story, just enough to you know kind of move the game along. The I, I've been playing it for a while now, and I mean it. It's it's one of those games that sometimes falls under the uh, the moniker a baby puncher because there <laughs> there are times at which it's so frustrating because I, I swear that I put the right pieces in the right places at the at the right time and and the physics just it it doesn't you know it doesn't lie you know there's there's no room for for error and um it's it's really interesting it's a lot of fun and i especially like the artwork and the um the whole that kind of surrounding um atmosphere of the game why don't you talk a little bit about um, how you came up with the idea for attract, attraction and uh, the the components that kind of surround it. Sure, I can give it a shot. Um, we wanted to have a, a game that was was physics based, and Dave and I are are pretty collaborative. We we toss ideas back and forth probably about fifteen or twenty times a day, and um, we we both love the, the steampunk genre. We love uh, space themes. And um, we just came up with this concept of, of using a real physics engine to simulate orbits and gravity and having gravity wells mess with your, your, uh, mess with your world. So we, we um, slowly evolved this, this whole story, this backstory of uh, being robots, being set down on missions to construct uh, planetary systems. And, and what about the art style? Who did the art for the game? That it's all me. John. It's all John. He did a really good job. I'm really, really impressed with it. That was one of the things, um, as we were going through developing this game, you know, development, game development or any kind of development takes a while. And as you're going through things, you kind of play around with things, you get discouraged and things aren't working the right way. But he, you know, he brought all this art to the table and kind of put it out there in front of me when I got uh, the latest build of the game. And I was just stunned because I think with the art, it definitely, you know, brings us up, brings us up and shows us as a, uh, as a class A title as compared to a lot of the other games and things that are out there which are just really thrown together i'm really tired of doodle games i don't know about anybody else but i'm tired of games that look like my 11 year old drew them nothing against those games some of them are very very popular but we wanted to explore more with the art style than just throwing up you know doodles from uh from you know ms paint or anything yeah. <laughs> sorry i'm actually playing it right now 
I just made a black hole inside her. I got to say, guys, thank you for explaining about the space goats because, you know, watching the the teaser video you have (laughs) where it ends with that goat sound, all I know is that, you know, I play that, I the goat sound comes on, and my wife's in the other room going, what are you doing in there? <laughs> yes, what, that's... Uh, no, no, it's the guest for tonight. Sure, it's it research. Yeah, it's yeah. Re- yeah, it's actually- <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what's going to be coming up. Like, like I said before, we're working on version 1.5 now. We're starting to add in a lot more uh, stuff. We've always planned with this game to release a little bit, add some more levels. We've kind of built, you know, built our way around that, and so far... We've released the, the tutorial chapter and then chapters one and two of the game. And then chapter three is what we're working on now. And um, we're going to be adding in a new gameplay element that's going to completely mess up everything you've learned up to, uh, up to chapter three. Ah! So everything, everything you got used to is going to get harder, is going to at least change how you have to approach it. Um, and then we're going to add in, we're going to have a brand new boss, which may or may not have something to do with um, goats. So... And if you've played the game, if you played the game through, I don't know, um, Java, if you've played the game through yet, but yep. you get a little hint about about the space goats there at the uh, end of chapter two mm-hmm. with our friend Doctor Crazy. So, yep, it's Doctor Crazy. <laughs> definitely a game that that I had to put down and come back to after a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was definitely one of those. Uh, one of the neatest things that you just put up on your blog, on your on your company blog, was a post mortem. Um, which I thought was really interesting uh, after reading it. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that and um, what you discovered about being app developers and, and uh, game developers? Right. And I'll, I'll start with the first, the first thing that uh, actually it, the whole reason why we're doing these extra blogs um, is that something we talked about with the what went wrong was about marketing and promotion. So when John and I started this project, you know, we, we started working together and we decided, hey, we're going to start a game company. And we kind of played around with the different ideas for whether we're going to do Flash games or we're going to do mobile games and things like that. I mean, the iPhone was just going gangbusters. And it seemed like every time you turned around, somebody else was throwing out you know, a fart app and they were selling a million copies and everybody was going nuts about the whole thing. So of course we say, hey, let's jump into iPhone games because there's money in those, you know, there's, there's money in those hills. So... Um, when we, we went through it, we, we spent a lot of time building this game and putting it together, but we didn't really put a whole lot of thought into the marketing and promotion side of things. And now, even you know, six months later, coming into this market, it's a completely different market than what it was before. Now we have over 300,000 apps on the iTunes store. You have to really push, your, you know, push, your, push yourself out there and get, get noticed by people. So one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to really spice up our blog. If you look at our older entries on our blog, um, it's a whole lot of about attraction. Hey, we're posted this new thing, and that's pretty much it. So we're trying to get some real articles and some real, you know, uh, uh, book reviews and things like that to, to uh, help connect with the game development community a little bit more. Um, but with our postmortem, what we did is there used to be a, um, and it may still be around, but there was a, a magazine called Game Developer Magazine, and every issue they used to do a, um, they, you know, they'd have some popular game that was out at the time, and they would have the developers or the uh, producers come in there and write a, you know, five things that went right and five things that went wrong about the game. And it was really useful to everybody else in the industry to know, hey, I'm not the only person going through this mess. You know, it, it, this applies to me too. Um, it's like therapy. Yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> you, you go through and you, you write down, you know, you, you're very brutally honest with yourselves and you write down everything you think you did wrong. And then hopefully the next time it comes around with the next game. I mean, because of this, with our next title that we're starting to work on, um, 
we're already we're already planning the marketing side of things right from the beginning, which is what we should have done with the traction. So um, we're definitely learning from what we're doing. Right. The title is going to be simple. Its name is Bob. Mm -hmm. Bob. Yes. <laughs> it's a great name for a game. Yeah. No, we we're, we learned quite a bit. Um, and if you go through the, the post mortem, it's you could apply these things not just to iPhone games or, or iOS games uh, or even game development. It's, it's all about um, running a business, um, building something from scratch, and trying to sell yourself. And, and we've learned that it's not just about selling the product and, and putting something out there that's great. It's about getting your message out there and getting it in front of people because we've had a lot of great reviews. Uh, we just have to increase that, the, the numbers, you know, getting, getting more people to see it. And, and there are so many apps out there, hundreds of thousands of apps that, that people just don't have time. So what we're trying to do is actually just you know, get our names out there so that people know us and, and not just rely on the fact that we're on the app store and, and, and leave it at that. Absolutely. So, um, what um, what kinds of things do you see happening in the, the iPhone, iPod Touch, uh, App Store environment that you think are um, really interesting or places where you want to be? Like, what what kind of things do you want to do, and what are some things that you don't want to do? Like, as far as your development in the future. You mean as far as things we develop, like titles and things? Yeah, yeah. Or, or what are some things that you think need to change um, the the environment that you're writing for? Oh well, I mean, one of the problems with I now with the App Store right now for the um, Apple devices is that it's really, I mean, it's all within Apple's control. You really can't see behind the curtain, and you really have no clue what's going on. Or even, I mean, they've spent some time trying to clarify some of the rules over the past year or so, but I think. I don't think it's anything, any sort of malice on Apple's part. I think it's just the fact that it's become so big so fast that they're still trying to feel their way through it, and they're still trying to support, you know, get the support systems and things up there. Um, I think that if other companies, say somebody with, say Google with Android or, or Microsoft with their Windows Phone, if they came through and figured out how to better cater to the developers or to the to the sellers of these applications, they could they could take the market if they really tried. Um, so I think what I'm hoping to see from Apple is, you know, over the next year that they really start to key in on, you know, like uh, Gorilla Bomber used to say, developers, developers, developers. It's all about getting, you know, the developers to your system. And hopefully with increased competition, um, they'll start to cater to us a little bit more than they do just the, the, the buyers of the apps. Um, and I think that they need to do a, a better job of, of curating the App Store. Right now, there are literally about 300,000 apps in there and you know we're sitting right next door to you know an app that someone wrote over a weekend which is you know you push a button and it makes a silly noise and there's really no way to tell the quality of an app unless someone within Apple's uh, ivory tower you know pushes a button and decides to put us on one of those lists like new and noteworthy or hot apps or what we're playing and then you get noticed and then you get the, this critical mass but other than those two things either you're you're selling like gangbusters or you're in the you know with the huddled masses in steerage and, and it's <laughs> it's really difficult to 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 have a, a middle ground and i think that it's bad for developers and it's, and it's bad for users too because you're inundated with with all of these apps and you, you really want to know what's what's got some some meat to it so so some of the games that that have 
hit that critical mass that are selling like gangbusters and, and you know, the, the, the people are taking notice of and talking about and, and sharing with their friends. Um, those things like Angry Birds and, and the, the games that reach that critical mass, what are the things that um, you think that they've done that have equaled their success that you want to emulate? I'm not sure how Angry Birds got to the top of the list um, like, like they did, but one of the things that happens because they're at the top of the list is they can produce pretty much anything now and immediately get put up top on the front page by Apple. And we saw this recently with another game, um, and John could, John could probably remember, uh, tell us what it is, but you know, the, the other game came out and it's getting terrible reviews. And I think that's what kills me is that you get these titles that come up to the top of the list because the companies did other good things, which makes sense, but those, things aren't, those other titles aren't being judged the same way. So you see these titles come up to the top of the list and they end up with two-star reviews because a whole bunch of people are jumping on them and they're buggy or they're not ready yet you know, or they're just not good games. Um, and so that kind of, you know, the, the, you get the influence of the Angry Birds on all their other titles, whether or not they, those titles deserve it. And, you know, I guess that's kind of how, just how the marketplace works. But it's, it's aggravating from our perspective where we have a, you know, a five-star title that isn't being picked up. Um, yeah, but, it's, it, can be, it can be just like that. I mean, where, where one or two people within Apple decide that they like it, start talking about it within Apple, and they decide to put it on that list. And once you're on that list, meaning the, you know, the what's hot list, and the fact that you're there is, is making sales. It's almost like the Kim Kardashian effect. You're, you're, they're famous <laughs> because they're famous. They're, there's, yeah. It has nothing to do with the quality of the product. Right. Uh, well, your asses might look like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we do sit in front of a computer all the time, so probably not. <laughs> so what can we look forward to, to seeing from, from Runaway Creations in the future? Um, well, we have basically two tracks going on right now because we're trying something new. Um, John and I got together. It's hard to tell since we're all spread all over the internet on this call, but John is actually in upstate New York and I'm in, um, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And so we do everything virtual kind of like the, the big boon of the internet is that we can do all this work. We can do video conferencing all day and, and, and work together, um, being, you know, 600 miles apart. But, um, we got together actually physically, <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, and we sat up with a new plan. And what we're going to be doing is two two different things. One is that we've got a major title, another big title like um, Attraction, um, but it's a completely different type of game, a physics game um, that we're that we're planning. Uh, that hopefully we'll be coming out with in the first half of next year. Um, and and that's kind of taking our our long term thinking. And then we've got our short term thinking. We're going to start coming out with some smaller more focused um, titles that are maybe not games, but maybe utilities or other small that we can use ourselves and um, also put up to the, um, for users to use uh, to play with us, you know, uh, mobile to uh, toys for their, for their phones. Um, instead of like a full on game, um, one of the first ones we're working on is just about doing, you know, different graphical things on your phone that people can have fun playing with, but we can also use as a tool and other developers can use as a tool. Neat. Uh, that that sounds really great. Um, definitely someone to watch. You know, follow Runaway Creations on Twitter, um, and check out your blog, we're, which is at. We're actually Runaway. little little blue guy on Twitter. Little blue guy. Little blue guy. Little blue on Twitter guy. And who's our who's our, our, our little mascot? Yes. <laughs> which I hope to see in in a game at some point. It looks like a great character, but um, 
Maybe a Lemmings game. I think I tweeted that at you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, be sure to check out RunawayTrenchance.com and Little Blue Guy on Twitter to keep up with uh, John and Dave and all of their app development. Hey, just a thought. Um, there's actually a surprising amount of teachers that listen to our show. Um, and just just hearing physics-based over and over in, in this, have you thought of specifically targeting uh, teachers um, as, a, as a, an audience, as a specific target audience? Like, hello? Hello? I got, I, we had a uh, Skype barf there. <laughs> I got hardly yeah, know. It, <laughs> it was pretty cool, though. It sounded like somebody was beatboxing. <laughs> yeah, try it again. <laughs> I dare yeah, you. Uh, I just are, want to hear it work this time. There are I'm an amazing number so of... No, I was just saying, you know, we've got a lot of teachers. Uh, I, I noticed we get a lot of emails from specifically from teachers who listen to our show. And I was thinking, you know, you, you keep saying that physics-based games, it seems unnatural that you would use teachers as a target audience, saying, look, there's an educational aspect to our games. Uh, have you even thought of going that route? You know, honestly, I haven't thought about that at all, but that is true. I mean, it does give you a little bit of... Uh of, you know, action, reaction, that sort of thing with attraction, for sure. Well, I'll say this as a teacher who is uh, contemplating buying uh, 50 iPod touches for his school. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, that's great. As long as there's, the teachers always make sure to tell the kids that uh, robots actually didn't form their universe. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that really well, that's true. But Start I mean, a new creation myth. Well, as we know, you know, you know, wow. teachers are among the most well-paid, uh, you know, jobs out there right now. So, I'm sure they'd be able to have all this excess cash to spend. Okay, uh, if I could just reach through the internet and strangle you right now, you'd be, uh, you'd be uh, yeah. I'm gonna go so, cry softly in a corner. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We un we understand. We feel your pain. As Bill Clinton was feeling other things. Go for it, X, because it's that time. Uh, it's time for the coming up calendar. Well, next week, we have Tracy Hickman returning with his new novel, Eventide, and his new game, Reindeer Gamer. Plus, Anne Zabla will guide us through the historical fantasy epic webcomic series, Chaldean. Yes, we have two guests next week, folks. Two, two, Possibly two three. Then, uh, December 11th, forget it, December 18th, we get medieval with Jordan Gallen and Mike Landry of the award-winning film Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are undead. And on New Year's Day, we kick off 2011 with Chad Kiccioni and his Kickstarter comic series, Fracture. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con coming up on April 30th, 2011. Tickets available now at bostoncomiccon.com. And of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. The Sci-Fi Saturday Night crew get their comics at Double Midnight Comics and Collectibles in Manchester, New Hampshire. Check out AnotherHeaven.com for the best selection of Asian and cult cinema DVDs. And visit AdamsMedia.com, the first name in nonfiction publishing. 
Tonight's outro music provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome? I want to thank our guests tonight, Dave Sanders and John Tellerico of Runaway Creations. Uh, I want to urge all of our listeners out there, if you've got your iPhone, your iPod, your iPad, your iWhatever, check out Attraction. It sounds like an interesting game, especially if you don't want one of those flash-based take off the sexy models. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Just forget I said anything about that. Not uh, your, your uh, apps there, Dome. <laughs> <laughs> From the Austin Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Oh, you're welcome, I suppose. Uh, from the Four Color Vault of Comics, it's Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead, and we know what they're going to be doing once the microphones go off. <laughs> if there's anyone who gets paid more than teachers, it's podcasters. <laughs> and I, I, I just wanted to fix this, Chad Sacconi. Thank you, oh, Illustrator X. Just smack him afterwards. <laughs> like that's he does not, that anyway. Like that's not going to happen, exactly. From Outpost California, our gaming editor. Thank you, Java. Still minty fresh. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened. Shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. <laughs>